wonder if I could get you to start thinking about what do you rate as a success for you in 2020? We know the struggles we've had. We've um, been very aware of all the struggles, but what would you say, I'm just so glad that I... What? When you think about what would you rate, what, what are you pleased by, what are you glad you did? What is it that... You know, apart from all the, the difficulties which we're going to have recounted to us time and time and time again over the next couple of days on our television shows, the news, what is it we, you actually think, I'm so glad I did that? We've had many things to overcome, many things we had to face. It might be within your, might be, uh, Within your work, you've had success in some sort. Family, there's been some sort of family aspect. Um, I mean, I'm not talking about things that you just might be happy about. I mean, if your child had a child until you're a grandfather, grandmother, you didn't have a lot to do with that, did you? Like, you know, very pleased, but, uh, but I don't think you could rate that as your success. Um, what about relationships with people? Is there something that you think back and think, well, I'm just so glad that I could change something there, that there's something of more positive. Maybe it's business. Maybe you, some sort of business arrangement. Maybe a career. You can look back and think, well, I'm just, I'm just so glad I took that step. It may not be a, a financially advantageous step, but I'm just so glad I took that step. Maybe it's uh, been, been able to stay away from addictions that you know you've been struggled with um, or, 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 or behaviours that you know that um, would only bring you down, that you've been able to avoid. I want to read from uh, Hebrews and... Uh, I think there's something here that will help us focus our minds. So Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to start verse 1 through to 17. It's a powerful passage. I mean, I know I'm supposed to say that every time, but this, this, but listen to this, these words. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That would be a success, wouldn't it, in 2020? To be able to throw off something that entangles you or hinders you or is a sin. Now let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggles against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and have And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father, addresses his son? It says, 
My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord's discipline disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters of, at all. Moreover, we, we, have all, we all have human fathers who discipline us and we respect them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No, discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a, a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be, dis be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterwards, as you know, when he wanted to inherit these blessings, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessings with tears, he could not change what he had done. These are words to be meant to be of encouragement to us. And we who received uh, Paul's letters uh, are recipients of this over many, many generations. The, the, the first people to receive this, this letter um, were probably Jewish Christians. And they had come to believe in Jesus as the Messiah and they had so much pressure from their family and their friends and the society, leave that Jesus behind. Well, leave him behind. I mean, come back to the tried and true traditions of faith in, in Moses. In chapter 11, the author of the Hebrews spoke of the, the people of faith in the past and and, and, and spoke about how even some of them even shed blood and even died before they received really what they, what they were promised. And of course, the greatest example was Jesus Christ himself. He who endured the cross, disregarded the shame because of the joy of the promise to be fulfilled and the forgiveness that was going to be proclaimed to us so that we actually become children of God. Persecution was experienced by some back then, as it is today. We can, back when we could jump on an aeroplane and fly, we didn't have to fly too far to, to go to places where Christians were severely per, are severely persecuted today. 
But I believe that uh, health concerns, I believe that COVID and pandemics are also hardships that we face um, and that we need to overcome. Broken relationships or strained relationships with family and friends. I bet if there's been any tension in your families, you've probably felt over the last couple of days in the most profound way. Think of your work, think of your finances, concerns, hardships, addictions, frustrations. Uh, and for some people, these are, these are good reasons to give up the faith. I'm experiencing this, why didn't God do something? I'm going to leave God behind. But this passage only speaks to us, it really speaks to those of us who are followers of Jesus. So particularly here or, or online, like these are really words that speak to us who follow Jesus. And if you're, if you're not a disciple of Jesus, then you know, you're always welcome here, but, and you're going to have a special insight about the life of a disciple of Jesus who has to somehow work with, the, with, with whatever the circumstances might bring, the hardships it bring, and yet we still want to, to develop our love and, and devotion to Jesus. And here we see how we, we as a church, because our desire is, we have a task, we have a purpose, we have a mission. We, our desire is to love God, love each other, and make passionate disciples of Jesus. We want to make disciples of, that, that love Jesus. And if you're a disciple of Jesus, then we always have this opportunity when hardships come to strengthen that love for Jesus. I think the key for us as we sort of think about now and, in, and moving forward into next year is we need to sharpen, we need to enhance our love for Jesus, our passion for him. We get a glimpse into the extent of God's love, um, how Utterly he loves us by what Jesus achieved on the cross. Remember we've been talking the last couple of days about how God became flesh. God changed his actual being to become flesh so that he might... And of course we can't think of, the, of, of Christmas without thinking of the cross as well because that's the purpose. And this is the extent of the love, the passion that God has for us. Our sins, our rebellion against God is now forgiven for those who are in Jesus. We are forgiven. We, because he died and rose again, he's been placed at the highest position above heaven and earth and we have the privilege, the joy of calling Jesus Lord. And if we don't understand that that's a privilege... That is a joy that we can do that. It's not a burden. It's not, it's not something that is to be, cause us grief. That's, that's actually our joy, that we can call Jesus Lord. You see, we've not just been sort of, um, you know, the story of Adam and Eve, you know, the, the sin of thrown out of the garden. We've not just been taken back to a state where, we're, where we look forward to a day when we're going to be like Adam and Eve in, in a perfect, in perfect world. What God has done is far greater than that. You know, God has actually not just made you creatures that are perfect, he's made us his children. He's adopted us into his family. We are 
taken into the family. And the ancient practice of adoption is not the same thing for us today. I mean, they probably did adopt little babies because they're nice and cute. We saw Pharaoh's daughter do that to Moses. But they adopted people. They'd often adopt and adopt fully mature adults so that they can be the heir. They can actually take on what the the possessions of a, of, a, of a wealthy landowner. The landowner would adopt an heir, probably an adult, not a child, to be, his, to be his heir. And God has done that for us. Why has he done that for us? Because God wants many, many sons and daughters. In one sense, Jesus was the only son But now he has many sons and daughters. God wants that intimate relationship with us, more than just perfect creatures. As his children, we we have privileges. Do you know Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that we who are in Christ will judge angels? How uh, qualified do you feel to be the judge of an angel? Uh, I, don't know what that, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm trusting God because, because we are co-heirs with, with Jesus. We are loved by God. I'd like you to think about this. Who, loves, who does God love more, Jesus or us? Now, have a think about it. Who does God love more, Jesus or us? Well, if you said Jesus, I think I can show from Scripture that you're wrong. Um, If we take a careful look at uh, John chapter 15, uh, it says there that Jesus says that uh, he loves his, God loves his his disciples in the same way that the Father, sorry, Jesus loves his disciples in the same way that the Father loves the Son, in the same way. And if we go to chapter 17, Jesus says about the Father that he loves us as he loves Jesus. And if you think about if God is perfect and complete in his love, does he give us sort of you know, 45% of his love but give Jesus 100% of his love? That's inconsistent, isn't it? A God who is complete and perfect loves completely and perfect. And so... The remarkable thing is that we are loved like he loves Jesus. Because God's love is perfect. And this is the reality that we, you and I, live in. When we become a child of God, this is the reality we enjoy. But sometimes we have trouble grasping it, don't we? I do. This is the privilege that we have. And this is why we as a church are in the business of loving God, loving each other, and making disciples who... Follow, learn, and obey Jesus. That's what we want to do. Because people need to hear about this. We need to live in this. We need to be passionate about this. If we don't understand the truth, well, it stunts us from our growing our passions, our passion towards Jesus. Think, did you see in the passage that said, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. What do you make of this? Do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you. The Lord disciplines the one he loves 
and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. Did we sign up for that? Receiving the discipline of Jesus, of God, our Father? Is, is that what we sign? Weren't we promised something about a happy life that uh, would have no problems? That's sometimes how it's presented. But here it says, endure discipline as a disciple. I imagine that uh, there are many of us today uh, who are who are enduring great hardship and sadness. And these words would be hard to take in. So it's important for us to understand that we are absolutely loved and accepted by God. But I wonder if you see the deeper truth in this. Do you understand what has been said? You see, Wendy and I have uh, fostered children over the years. We have not disciplined them the way that we have our daughters. That would be unfair, wouldn't it? If we discipline them, um, those our daughters, in, in the context of a loving family, we can discipline them in a way that has got a greater context. But if we have foster children come for a week, it'd be unfair for us to discipline them in the same way because it would seem cruel, it would seem harsh, it might seem, be seen as punishment. No, no, we discipline our children within the context of love in a way to develop and grow them. And so what we can see is actually 2020, we've all experienced hardships, we've all experienced difficulties, but we can, we can accept that actually as a discipline of a loving father trying to teach us something. And I wonder what he's taught us. Has he taught us something about the importance of being together? Has he taught us something about, the, about how we need to depend upon him prayerfully? It would be wrong for us to see discipline as punishment as believers in Jesus. Um, I just think of, um, just think of, you know, if, those people who have had children who have you know, struggled, the, the children have suffered from cancer. And we know that the, the chemotherapy process is horrible. And the, and the father and the mother take the child to, to Westmead Hospital to receive the chemotherapy. It, it's not because of love, uh, not because of a, a discipline, it's not a, it's not a hatred, it's not a, it's not a punishment. It is out of love that this hardship comes. And here's the key for anyone who is a child of God. God is going to turn our hardship into something that is good for us. We, uh, we all know and love that wonderful passage, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, don't we? We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. And that's, that's the context of what we're talking about is the context of this passage. In Romans chapter 8, God is using this work for our good. And we're trusting, we need to trust our Father in heaven. In what better way could our hardship be, uh, be for our good than, than what we see in Jesus? Like, you know, would Jesus epitomise that, didn't he? He, he? he took on the punishment, the, our punishment, 
out of love. Verse 11 of the passage said, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And so I do wonder, you know, how has this year of 2020, is that, how is that going to bear fruit for the kingdom of God in our lives in 2021? I want to encourage you to, to see the, the discipline of, the loving discipline of, of the last year as we move into the next year. Each of us have, uh, have been a part of a discipline. Um, I'm sure when I was two years old, I would have got a smack in my hand if I went to reach for the, the top of the oven, the top of the stove. Because, and that was a loving thing, wasn't it? Because far better for me to get a smack in my hand and not touch the stove than to get through third degree burns. We all would prefer the smack on the hand, I'm sure. But God's discipline is, is not punishment. This way of thinking is meant to encourage you. And the reading shows us the outcome, what it should be. It is as we grow in our love and devotion to God. Verse 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone, in, to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Father. So why are we to live in holiness? Why are we to be set apart? Because we are loved so much. I wonder... Um, It speaks about the righteousness and the holiness and peace. And that's to be the, the shape of our year ahead. I guess as we come to this next year, I would love you to... How are you going to be shaped into righteousness, peace and holiness? God sees us and he sees us righteous and holy because he sees the gift, he sees the righteousness of God, of Jesus upon us. We are absolutely righteous in God's sight. We don't have to prove anything. We don't have to work hard for the love of God. We need to... But how do we live out that in 2021? How do we pursue righteousness and peace? I guess one of my hopes is for us in 2021 that we will develop the passions to... the passion of God to work towards righteousness, peace and holiness... We are going to be disciples in 2021, aren't we? We're going to learn. One of the things that does disturb me somehow is we somehow think that um, with the passing of a new year, 2021 has to be different. Well, we know, of course, that we don't know what God has got in store for us in 2021. But, what, but I do know that one day... When Jesus returns, we will look up and we'll be transformed. In an instant, we will look up and see Jesus and we'll be transformed into his likeness. Until that day, we are working towards being people set apart for God here in Penrith, here in Western Sydney, here in Australia. We're going to start a reading program next year. Uh, let me encourage you. There's, there's pamphlets there. I want to encourage you to 
focus your life on prayer. I'm, doing, I'm saying this because not so much because you have to do these things to be right with God because our desire is to shape our hearts to love God more. And as we love God more, it'll actually be the joy to pray, to, to seek his, the scriptures. The reading program starts on 4th of January. Uh, let me encourage you to, to read to get Let's read together as a church through the whole of the New Testament. I'm going to pray. Uh, musicians are going to come up. Uh, and Graham's going to come and just lead us in family prayers. So we're going to, after the song, we're going to leave the, uh, the live stream. And uh, so let me just pray. Father in heaven, may we from Penrith Baptist Church exists to bring you glory in this community, in our community of faith in Western Sydney. We ask that we might intentionally pursue our mission to love you, to love each other and to make disciples who follow, learn from and obey Jesus. May we value what you value. Lord, may we align our hearts to your heart. Lord, we want to be the, the, the healthy, dynamic church that you desire. And Lord, we pray that the, the truth of the scriptures may give birth to worship and fruitful living as we align ourselves with your heart. Lord, we want to be people who are dependent upon prayer. We want to have our minds transformed by the, the renewing of our minds through your word. Lord, we ask that uh, as we come into 2021, as we reflect upon the year that's gone past, Lord, I, I just pray that we'd see you in so many spots and so many instances in, our, in 2020 continuing to, to, to lead us on, to, to guide us, to, to move us forward. Lord, I pray that our greatest desire would be to know you more, to love you more. Lord, I pray you'd shape our hearts for that purpose. Lord, I want to thank you for, uh, Lord, the blessing of, of of those times when we've been able to meet together during 2020. I thank you for the blessing of uh, being able to do things online, streaming them. And Lord, as we go into 2021, we, we just want to accept any hardship, any, any, any hardship as, as discipline from a loving Father, shaping our hearts, um, bringing us close to you. And I want to pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.